Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Open with, with, turn with me in your Bibles. And, uh, but we all need Jesus, don't we? We all need God. Um, and I, I want to preach something. I'm not going to talk for too long, but I just want to share something. I'm really going to be speaking on this topic all day. Um, and, and doing a second part, part two in, in the night. So I would encourage you to come back tonight if you can, because I really want to unlock it more tonight. But uh, I want to preach um, a message here, in, in, and it's going to come up on the screen, Second Peter. Uh, Second Peter 1, verse 2. I want to read this. It says, Grace and peace, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. I just want to repeat four, verse 4 again, by which you have been given by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. I want to um, speak this morning on just real simply a, a, a message just entitled promise level living. Promise level living. If you woke up this morning and your heart was beating and there was still breath in your lungs, then you need to know that God is not finished with you. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter if you've been saved 60 years, if you got saved yesterday. The fact that you are here this morning means that God is not done. Means that God doesn't want you yet. He still has something here on this earth that He wants you to fulfil. And we've got to understand that when we talk about promise level living, it's not, I'm not just talking about living saved. Some Christians get saved, but understand it's not. God wants us, God has more for us than just salvation. There is more wrapped up in the cross than just our salvation. It's not just about Jesus saving us, but it's about what we then have access to through Jesus Christ and the promises that are made available to us in Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about salvation level living as great and as powerful as that is. We all need salvation. But I'm not talking about when we talk about salvation, it talks about where we're going to go. The fact that our name is now written in the Lamb's book of life, where we go once we die. That's what salvation does for us. But when you understand promises, promises are not about where you go, but promises are about where you are right now. Promises are not, the promises of God are not about what you're going to walk into once you get to heaven. The promises of God are about what you can walk in right now while you are here on earth. It's promise level living. When you, it, the problem is when we talk about promises, we, we think of the word promises and try and um, 
we'd relate it to sort of modern day promises, you know, current day promises. If you've ever heard someone and they said, I promise you, I will do this for you. When, you're, when I was a kid growing up, my, my, my dad used to say, and my mum used to say to me, ben, ben, I promise you, if you behave today, you will get a reward at the end of the day. Did you ever hear that? Or sometimes, you know, mum would say things like this, I promise you. You notice the difference in tone? You know something different is coming. I promise you, Benjamin. And when when my mum would call me Benjamin, it goes to another level. I promise you, Benjamin, if you do that again, it will be the last thing you ever do. Did you ever hear your parents say that? My mum was twisted. She used to say weird, just crazy things. My mum used to say things like this, Ben, so help me God. I would look at her and think, you deranged woman, you're now calling out on God to help him pun- help you punish me. So help me, God. If you do that again, I promise you, it'll be the last. Wave at me if you know exactly what I'm talking about. Wave at me, parents. You've already said that this morning and that's why you're here in church, raising your hands in worship, saying, Lord, forgive me. When we, when we hear promises and when we think of a promise in current day terms, a promise is more a commitment or a statement or a, 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 a commitment to do something. If you do this, then I will then do this for you. But when we talk about the promises of God and when we look at verse 4 in Peter, It's not actually a commitment to do something, but it's rather a statement of something that's already done. It says in verse 4, by which have been given, have been as being past tense. By these precious promises that have already been given. When we think about the promises of God, I think there's too many people have a wrong understanding of of what it means to have promises of God. We have this understanding that we think if we are holy enough, then we will get to receive the promises of God. If I'm good enough, if, if I live right, if, if I live right, if, if I do right today, then God will do this for me. That is not what Jesus is all about. It's not about you. God has never done a deal. Jesus has never done a deal with anyone that's been worthy of it. He, he doesn't operate like that. It's, it's not about us doing good enough to receive His promise, we have to understand that through Jesus dying on the cross, the promises are already given to us. The promises of God are actually, we we already have them. Sometimes it's difficult for Christians, I think, because I think sometimes people even find it difficult, the first step, is to first understand that these promises do exist. Yeah. We, we have these things that we talk about, different topics that we talk about in church. We talk about them a lot and it's almost like we talk about them so much that the people sort of just think it's just a church sort of term. Yeah. 
the promises of God. We've heard it said the promises of God are yes and amen. Do we even know what that means? We just declare it hoping people will shout, you know, and then we can move on. But we've got to understand these promises actually exist. The promises of God, and get this, they exist for every single person who has received Jesus Christ. There are promises that exist for you. The promises of God don't exist just for the preacher or just for the pastor or just for the person that is even perhaps living right. See, and when I talk about living right, hear me down, I'm not watering down living right. But what I've found is when it comes to the promises of God, it's actually, it's actually not that our living right generates the promise. But I've found that when we start to walk in the promises of God, it empowers us to live right. That's, that's what... It's, 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 it's almost like that verse where he says it's his kindness and his goodness leads us to repentance. When we walk in the goodness of God and we are walking in the promises of God, it's his promises that actually empower us to walk straight and empower us to live right. But we get mixed up. But we have to understand that the promises of God, they do exist. That there is a level of living and a level of operating in that is beyond just being saved. You know, you hear, you know, it's like a bumper sticker. I forget what it says, not perfect, just saved or whatever it is. You know, and I get, I get what people are saying, but, uh, but I've always had a stirring in my heart to be everything that God has called me to be. I've had a desire since doing ministry to see people be everything that God has called you to be. We have watered down the Christian walk to being a quiet time, you know, in the morning and a service on Sundays. You've got to understand that Jesus Christ, God did not become flesh and hang on a cross so that we can just enjoy a service on Sundays and do some quiet time. There are promises of God that God has given you and has every, He has, His heart is that you would walk in these promises. We have too many Christians that 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 are not walking on on a promise, are not living on a promise level of living, and they're living living short of the things that God has for them. In Deuteronomy, there's a verse in Deuteronomy six verse twenty three, and it's where God is talking with Moses about the Israelites coming out. Of Egypt, and he says, when, when I do this, that you will say to your, your descendants after you, and he says, then this is what you'll say. Then he brought, speaking of what God did, then he brought us out from there that he might bring us in to give us the land of which he swore to our fathers. He brought them out of Egypt to bring them into the promised land. He didn't bring them out of Egypt to bring them out of Egypt. He brought them out of Egypt to deliver them from their past, but then He set them up to step into 
the promise. It's a next level brought out. You were not saved so you could just walk around with a testimony. You were not saved so you can just say, well, now that I'm saved, I left that past behind me. No, saving you was just a part of setting you up to position you to access the promises. He brought you out so that He can now take you into the promised land. We have Christians that come out and then wander around the wilderness. They came out, they got saved, they got delivered from the, from the, from the oppression of Egypt and, 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 and living under that regime and, and the slavery, they got saved, but then they came out. But what happened, that first generation, they didn't go in. And see what, how... how Dangerous it is when we don't live promise, le- promise level living is if you don't come out and then go in, you will wander. And the longer you wander, the, more, the easier it'll be for the enemy to cause you to go back. Because remember, they wandered for so long this wandering, wandering level living, there's too many wandering Christians. And he, hear what I'm saying. We, we have Christians that got saved. Yes, get saved. Absolutely. It's the greatest miracle. The greatest gift is salvation. But understand that there is more for your life than just salvation. And if we just wander around in the, in the wilderness, Year after year, after year, we go nowhere and we turn an 11 day journey into a 40 year journey. And then eventually, what did they start to say? The Israelites said it was better. It was better for us back in Egypt. Why do so many Christians backslide? Because they lived short of the promise. You backslide because you're not living in the promise because if you lived in the promise, you step into a whole nother level of living. But when you just live wandering, it's, it's a, there's a dissatisfaction. There's, a, there's something more. I wanna tell you there is something more. And I think one of the greatest strategies of the enemy is to set up Christians to just wander. Christians that don't step into the promise, Christians that don't step into the fullness of what God has for them, Christians that have just settled, just doing life and just wandering. Listen, it's a dangerous place to be a wandering Christian. You have to understand what God has for you. These promises exist. The promised land existed. God calls you. He's got this plan and purpose for your life that you would step into the promises of God. They exist. The Bible is full of them. We've got to be reminded and it's got to start to stir faith in our heart. There is more. There is more for your life. Like I said at the very start, the fact that you woke up this morning means that He has more for you. From glory 
to glory. God has a greater, there is a greater level of living that God has set up for you, but you need to be the one that access it. The promises of God are there. The promises of God, they exist. And the promises of God, they're available for us in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20, it says, For all the promises of God, because prior to this he's talking of Jesus, but he says, For all the promises of God in Him, capital H, Jesus, are yes. And in, in Him, amen, to the glory of God, to the glory of God through us. The promises of God are in Him. They're in Jesus. The, the, the promise of freedom is in Jesus. The promise of blessing is in Jesus. The promise of healing, it's in Jesus. And in Him, amen, to the glory of God, but through us. I don't know if you catch this, but... What God is saying here is when we receive, when we first understand the promises are there, we understand where they are in Jesus. We grab a hold of them and He is glorified through us walking out the promises of God. I think one of the greatest witnesses to a lost and dying generation are Christians walking in the promise of God. Because there are too many Christians trying to preach the goodness of God, but living a life that does not represent that. So we preach freedom, but we're not walking free. If you're not walking in freedom, then don't preach to me about freedom because I don't see it represented in your life. If you preach blessing, but you're not living blessed, then those words don't carry any weight. If you preach purity, but I can see all of this junk you're dealing with and all of this gear on you, then your words don't carry weight because you're not walking in the fullness of the promise. When you walk in the promise, your life will preach. You won't have to say anything. People will come to you and say, there's something on you. There's a freedom or there's a joy or there's something that you're carrying, what is it that you have? And you can say, is Jesus in me? It's promise, it's, it's promise level living. It's pro- and, 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 and I wanna stir you today, church, because I believe that this is a key for us as a church. Do you know the power that is unlocked in our life when we get a revelation of living out the promises of God. I don't want to live, I don't want to get to heaven and, and look back and see, gee, oh, oh, what I could have done, what I could have walked in. It's a promise that you have to understand is there, is there for you, it's done. When, when, when I was a kid and as I said earlier, when my mum would say, I promise you, if you do this, if you behave, you will get this. I would, I would always say this to my mum. You know, I was a bit of a smart aleck kid, which I know you find difficult to understand. 
My mum would say, Ben, if you behave, I promise you, I'll buy you. She would say, I'll buy you a prize. And I would always say, have you already got it? (laughs) Because how many know that if she's already got it, that changes the deal. And I know as a kid, as a little rambunctious little kid that I was, the moment she would say to me, yes, yes, I've got it. That's going to send me looking. That's going to send me as a kid searching. What? (laughs) That's not going to fit into the story at all. My wife's telling me to tell you this other story. That's funny, but I'm not going to do that. Now I've forgotten what I was saying. When she says she has the gift, how many know once, once if I say to her, have you got it? That changes, everything changes when she says, yes, I've got it. And that sends me looking and sends me searching, knowing that it's already done. It's just about me accessing what is already Done. See, we've got to understand that the promises of God for our life are already done. It's already set up. It's already in front of us. Now we begin the journey as Christians accessing the promises of God so that we can walk them out every single day of our life. So that blessing is not just something that we sort of talk about in church. It's a promise that I have that I walk in. Healing is not something that I have to wait for. And hear me, we will always do that in a service and I think it's powerful. But healing is not something I have to wait for the atmosphere in a service to be right. Healing is not something that God has, He doesn't have to generate. You know what I mean? Sometimes we feel like, come on, let's, you know, let's do the song again. Come on, let's. Let's do that, you know, and I get the guys to do that because I love the faith that builds. But God is not waiting for Jabin to do the song again before He can pour out healing. He's not God saying, listen, I need you to do not that song. Let's do the other song because I mean, I'm struggling here. You know, I was looking for healing. I don't know where it is, but if you do that song, we'll be able to find it. It's going to be okay. Listen, no, when you understand the promise of God, you could be standing in a shopping mall. A couple in our church were telling me yesterday how they prayed for someone in a shopping mall yesterday and felt the touch of God. And it wasn't weird. It wasn't crazy. There were no tambourines. No one stood on their head or did cartwheels. It was just saying, listen, can I pray for you? They felt a touch of God and they felt the pain left their body. And it didn't happen in a service, but it was because someone understood there is a promise of God for me for my life that is healing and I'm going to walk in this promise right now. The promises of God. And today, tonight, I'm going to show you because God showed me some things on how, how, see this is almost setting it up. But tonight we get to talk about how do I unlock? I know I've got it now because it says that it's in Jesus. Promises of God are in Jesus. So the moment you get saved, bang, everything opens up to you. Salvation doesn't just open up. Every, everything opens up to you the moment you get saved because it's all in Jesus. So if I have Jesus in me, therefore the promises are in me. How do I access? How do I access the promises of God? And I'm going to show you this 
tonight. But what I want you to understand firstly is those promises do exist and the promises are for you. The Bible talks about them all through the Word of God. It talks about promises for children. Isaiah 54 verse 13. All your children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. That's, that's not a pretty poem. That, that's a promise from God for your life. That you can say, you know what? I'm going to take that promise and I'm going to appropriate that promise to my children. Isaiah 59, 21, as for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them. My spirit who is upon you and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants. That's a promise from God. And some of you parents, you are stressing and worrying and you're fearful about where your kids are at. And you're up all night and you're freaking out and you're chasing them from club to club and from party to party and worrying about who they're hanging out with and what they're doing. You need to get the promise of God and say, you know what? It doesn't matter where they go. It doesn't matter what they do. The Word of God, which it says when it goes out, it will do what it set out to do, which means the Word of God will chase them down into that party. The Word of God, I know what it's like to have the Word of God chase you into a nightclub. There is nothing that will mess with your groove more when you're in a nightclub and you just can just, the Word, you know that your mum is at home declaring the Word of God. I mean, that will mess with your whole mojo. I mean, you, you won't know what you're saying to chicks and how you're, when you've got the Word of God, in your heart and you're, you know what I mean and you just you can't shake it because my parents understood it's a promise and it's a promise from God for my kids no matter where they go that the Word of God will not depart from their mouth you understand how powerful it is it's the promises of God you can only run so far parents listen and listen I did youth ministry for years don't worry. Have you prayed? Yes. Have you spoken the word? Listen, they're only going to get so far. The two things, and I always say this, the two things that parents need to do with backslidden kids is love them like you've never loved them before and pray nonstop. Love them and pray nonstop. Do what the Father did for us. His kindness and His goodness brings us to repentance. I've shared this before. I would be in a nightclub or be in a party. It'd be 4am. My dad would text me. Hey, thinking of you, praying for you, so proud of you. Oh, bro, I mean, you shut the place down. I'm like... His kindness and His goodness. My dad knew what was going on. I mean, he was an attorney. He knew more about craziness than anyone. He knew exactly what was going on. But he wasn't going to allow sin to intimidate his faith. Some of you parents, you let sin intimidate. Sin will not intimidate my faith. My faith in God. 
His kindness and His goodness just pulls you in. You just keep loving them with a the love that comes from God. You just keep loving them with the love of the Father. You pull them in and you pull them into the kingdom. But you've got to hang on to a promise. You've got to have the promises in your heart, not just on a page. Get it in your heart, the promises of God. Just a couple more and then we're going to pray. Healing, Jeremiah 33. Behold, I will bring it health. I will bring it health and healing. We know the word of God and Isaiah says by his stripes, Isaiah 53, 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes, we are healed. Not we will be healed. Not healings coming around the corner, get excited. No, the healing, you, it's, it's, it's done. It's done. We've got to receive it. As a promise, don't let a diagnosis from a doctor steal your promise. Or let, let me word it differently. Don't let a diagnosis from a doctor convince you that your promise has been stolen. Because a diagnosis from a doctor cannot steal the promise. Promise will be there because the promise is in Jesus Christ. And if you have Jesus in you, then the promise is there no matter what the diagnosis is or no matter how bad it is, the promise is still there. Are you with me this morning? There's lots of other ones, but we'll do them later. Blessing, freedom, peace, strength, joy. You could go on, honestly. You look at the Word of God, the promises of God for our life are endless. And I want to stir you and I want to encourage you, church. We're going to wrap this up. And like I said, this is sort of like to get you going a little bit. And then tonight we do, we'll do into the nitty gritty of it all. But as I, was, as I was looking at this and, and, you know, really just, I guess my prayer more than anything was just helping. And, and I wrote it down, I've written it down in my office, just that people would understand that there is more. Yeah. Yeah. That there's more, there's more for your life than just sort of being saved and that's it. The, the work that Jesus did on the cross was bigger than that. It was much bigger than that. And what he did when he died on that cross, he took back every single one of these promises so that we can walk in these promises of God for our life here today. That there's peace that you can walk in, that there's freedom. There is freedom that you can walk in. As, as, as a Christian, it's not, it's not coming into a service and, and sort of getting a touch from God and and it sort of gives you a sort of nice feeling, but then you go back with the same struggles, the same challenges. There is promises for your God, for, from your God and they are set up for you to access. And I don't know, you know, how you sort of came in, in here this morning. I don't know if you, you got invited by someone or, or, or whatever it might be. Maybe you know church and you know the songs, but I wanna ask you, do you know Jesus? Do you know Him? Do you know Him in your heart? Do you walk with Him every day? Do you depend on Him for every single step you take? Not Listen, you might be able to quote the Scriptures. You might be able to sing the songs. You might, but do you know Jesus? 
Do you know what He did for you when He hung on that cross? Do you know that He did it for you? This is why our church exists, not that, not so that we can just build a big crowd. Our church isn't here just so we can teach people more songs. Our church is here so that we can point people to Jesus. So that you would know Him. When the Bible talks about the word know, it talks about it on an intimate level. Closer than anybody else. Closer so that He is closer to you than your spouse is. Than your parents are. Than your kids are. That if everything else in your life, your job, your your family, your if everything else fell apart, would you still be okay? As long as you've got Jesus. That's the sort of knowing that I'm talking about. It's knowing Jesus. Religion is not knowing Jesus. Religion is knowing church. He wants, that's what His greatest desire is to know you. The Bible says on judgment, we'll come to Him and He'll either say, well done, good and faithful servant, or He'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. He wants to know you more than anything else. And maybe you were once walking with Him. Maybe you're in that category. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.